brand new podcast which will feature some very special guests sharing their stories. My first guest is a one-time NEFL Premiership player, Matt Doran. Welcome, mate. Hello, mate. Good to be here. How have you, how you been going, isolation-wise? Yeah, we're going all right, mate. Um, it's been it's been a different time, obviously, for everyone, but um, staying fit has been has been a handy thing, and just running because of boredom has has been my thing. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, and um, ISO is a bit different, but we're getting there. Do you know when you're getting back to playing and training? Or, uh, well, the NEFL's done, I think, pretty much this year. Um, I think the official announcement will come sort of the next week. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much pretty much done. So we'll, we'll look at playing Quaffle, um, which is a league below um, at the Surface Paradise Demons. Uh, hopefully, get a gig there on the on the far wing and and go from there, mate. So we'll, we'll jump straight into the into the questions, mate. We go back to twenty sixteen, and you're coming off your best year in the TSL back home, the Tassie State League. Um, what what I guess made you decide you wanted to move to the Gold Coast and? Mate, try your luck in the NEFL. Um, I've always had a, a passion for footy and wanting to play the highest sort of level that I could. Um, obviously, there's draws to the to the VFL and and all this that sort of stuff just for the prestige of it. But um, yeah, the NEFL just sort of appealed to me because um, the lifestyle you live up here and and I had a mate back home, Ryan Matthews, who played in the NEFL as well, um, who sort of pushed me towards it and. And help me out a bit, and, and yeah, that's that's how I find my way to the Sharkies, mate. All right, so we'll get into your first year at the Sharks, and it was a bit of a yeah, actually, <laughs> you could probably say that. Um, you're a bit in and out of the side, and the team was struggling a bit. Did was it? Did you find it hard to adjust the standard, especially just in a losing side like that? Uh yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously a big step up from the TSL, um, a lot faster and. Um, yeah, it's just a better, better standard of footy, um, and the jump, oh, I thought was going to be a bit easier than it was. Um, I sort of played the first eight or nine, I think, or maybe ten, um, of the year, and, and then was out of the side, and then only played one or two games sort of in the back half of the year, um, and yeah, just, I felt like I was working hard and, and doing all the right things, but just... Just couldn't get a kick, and that's probably why I got dropped. So um, after that, you miss you missed the finals that year. Uh, there were a lot of changes, and then there were a lot of changes for your second year. Uh, you got a new coach. A lot of players came in and out. Um, and again, you were in and out of the side a bit in twenty eighteen. Uh, do you think because you managed just ten games in your first year that you were still trying to figure out the level of competition, or was this more? just because there was a better team around you? Um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, obviously the big sort of shift, I think it was about a turnover of around about 25 guys from the, the 17 to 18. Um, I think just getting used to the the new coaching again um, probably kept me out a little bit, but um, I sort of was on the brink of pretty much most rounds I was either in the side or um, first, second, third emergency, um, which was obviously a bit tough. But, yeah, I think the guys that we brought in, there was a lot of ex-AFL guys that came in um, that sort of made the side a bit stronger and um, 
yeah, it's probably what kept me out a little bit, I guess. But um, yeah, I felt like I was still playing good footy and there wasn't much I could do. Uh, I sort of had the same conversation with the coach every week when I was getting dropped or not quite in the side. Um, that I was doing everything right, it was just the quality of the side was higher, I guess is the word. As a follow-up, when those AFL guys, uh, ex-AFL guys came in, who who do you think you would have looked to for, I guess, advice and stuff when you came when you were just trying to work on your game? Um, or who, who helped the most? I guess. I had a lot of help from guys like Mike Manteet and Josh Clayton. Um, Ryan Davis is a great one to bounce off. Loads knows a lot about the game and has this weird knack of remembering everything that happens. Um, sort of those, I guess oh, it's hard to narrow down, but I'm sure that'd help for everyone. But even guys like Andrew Boston, in relation to midfield stoppages and how to use your body and, and all that sort of thing. And um, yeah, those sort of guys all were in the system for a bit. And, and then, um, you know, here and there, and then, and then they came back and got a wealth of knowledge, so it'd be silly not to sort of bounce off them. Um, and then, I guess, guys like Skinny Lappin, who was the assistant and ace, Cornelius, uh, helped a lot as well. They, they've obviously got a wealth of knowledge as well. And it was sort of like a, you could approach anyone really in the coaching staff and um, anyone that was experienced and, and bounce off them. And, get some sort of advice from them on how to improve your game. So um, that was the sort of culture that was built. You could ask anyone anything and they'd be able to help you. So um, those, same, those names, as I said, probably just the first ones that spring to mind, but I'm sure there was heaps more. I see you, you were lucky enough to play in the grand final in 2018 against the Swans. And, well, it ended up being pretty <laughs> pretty controversial. I know where you're going with this. The, the day... Um, can you just tell tell us the story about that day? Yeah. Um, so we went in that day um, extremely confident. Um, we felt like we were the best side all year. We showed that in the first, um, I think first four, sort of probably three quarters. Um, we were sort of all over them and, and hadn't really given, given them an inch. Um, we went into the three-quarter time break Oh, nine, ten goals up, I think, from memory. Um, you know, had a good pump up. The coach yesterday was talking about putting the roof on and we'd already built the foundation, so we just had to put the roof on and that was the last quarter. And um, we all we all fired up and ready to go and <laughs> to enjoy the last quarter. And we went out um, and then here's some commotion from the bench. Um, they've, got, they've got one less on the bench, so meaning that there's one one extra on the, on the field somewhere. Um, and then Wade Hancock tried to run off uh, to, to sort of save us, um, but didn't get off in time. And I think I think it was the umpire that called the head count, um, did the head count, and ended up we had 19 on the field <laughs> at the start of the, start of the fourth. Um, so we didn't know what was happening the Swans didn't know what was happening. I don't think the umpires even knew what was happening. Um, it was all sort of up to the kneeful and the guys upstairs that look after that sort of stuff that were going to make the decision. And so we played about 
20 to 25 minutes of the quarter not knowing what was going on. Um, the Swans guys lifted because they thought they were a sniff. Because um, obviously, as far as everyone, everyone knew, it was kind of like, we think our score's going to get wiped. So um, they got a lift and, and they, luckily we were only, we're still only 20 odd points down or something, even if it was wiped. So we, yeah, it was, it was a weird 20 to 25 minutes, but um, then we got the message come out with the runner with about five minutes left in the game saying, no, nah, we're all sweet. Um, the score stands sort of thing. And, and again, mate, the rest is history. <laughs> how, how long did it take before the headcount started in the last quarter? Uh, I think it was a couple of minutes. I think the ball definitely was bounced and we were playing. Um, and then I'm not sure if there was a goal kicked or something and we went back to our spots and when the umpire noticed it or, or what happened. But, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was a couple of minutes. Um, but I'm not, oh, I'm not 100% sure. I can't really remember it. Sort of wiped it from the memory, mate. <laughs> I think the funny thing was, I'm pretty sure, it was the 19th guy, he, he was wearing number 19, wasn't he? Yeah, so the guy that, <laughs> um, the guy that didn't look at the board, just assumed he was on, wearing 19. And, um, yeah, he... Uh, you still yet to live it down a bit, I think. But uh, no, he's a good man. Did a Cam Cam Mooney numerology there? Cam Cam Mooney numerology. He's wearing nineteen. He's the nineteenth guy on the. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> no. Um. So, what, what were your thoughts during the head count process? I don't know if I can say the word that I was thinking at the time. <laughs> it wasn't a good one. Um. Rob's his fire truck. Um, and then yeah just sort of looked around for the guys that were next to me while we were doing it and we were just like oh no we're cooked here um, which sucked because we'd come from you know second last on the ladder to 25 30 minutes away from winning a grand final and um, and that happened so we were just it was a it was a lot of just shock and just not knowing what was going to happen. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a bit funny looking back on it, but yeah, at the time we were in all sorts. Um, I could imagine the relief that you would have felt when the runner came out to t- say it was all clear. Yeah, well, um, he sort of came out and in his booming voice was just sort of like, we're sweet boys, we're sweet. Um, so yeah, that's when the sort of relief came, and um, I think Sydney had kicked a couple of goals, and they were up and about, and I think they heard it too. And the last sort of five minutes was just yeah, just junk time really. Uh, got a few kicks in, and, and junk time because no one else really cared. And um, yes, yeah, padded my stats a bit, so that was good. Did did the message get to everyone? Because I remember watching, um, and when the siren went, I think uh, I saw. Both players, players from both teams celebrating a little bit, so yeah. it's a bit confusing when the siren went. So do you think the message got out to everyone? Or? Um, I don't think so. I think even within our team, you know, three or four blokes, five blokes, sort of all within a group celebrating. And then there was a few that were like, oh, have we won, have we won? And then sort of Fieldy, the GM, came out and he was all up and about, so I asked him, are we all good? And he said, yep, and then... Uh, yeah, we just 
we're not celebrating as as you do. So um, the message sort of didn't really get to everyone, I guess, until until after the siren and the sort of GM and, and everyone that knew what was going on could get the message across, I guess. Who was best on that night in the celebrations? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all a bit of a blur, but... Um, I saw your mainstays, you know, guys that like a beer. Um, Ryan Davis was probably up there. Jed Turner was up there. Led a, he led a... Um, a little, a little group of topless guys dancing with on the stage, so uh, it was pretty good. Um, oh, I honestly can't really remember. Um, there's 40 blokes to pick from, so. <coughs> um, but yeah, Ryan Davis, best on, probably nearly was best off as well, I reckon. So. And he's done it before, he's five from three, so. <laughs> uh, all right, so we move on, we move on to your the next year, so last year. Yeah. Um, and seemed like you were hitting your straps pretty consistently, playing every week, um, until about halfway through again, came down awkwardly in a marking contest against Aspley. What did you do? What I do? Um, yeah, so I was... Should we run through the year? Or... Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Um, I didn't get a gig round one, um, so I was travelling emergency, I think, for round one down to Canberra, maybe, Good Friday. Um, oh, maybe, no, I don't think it was Canberra, actually. Anyway, it probably doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I missed round one, um, it was emergency or second emergency or something. Um, came in round two because of some injuries, um, and then played round two to... Whatever else we was fourteen or something, um, and yeah, sort of started to hit my straps. So actually, was finding the footy a lot more consistently, consistently, and a lot more of it. Um, so I was sort of averaging around about, I'm gonna say twenty. Um, I think it was like nineteen and a half or something, but oh, that's okay. Round up, round up. Yeah, so I was sort of hitting my straps and, and feeling, feeling good and confident, and comfortable at the level and. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was playing a bit more consistently, and um, as things happen in footy, I yeah that marking contest I sort of came down and hyperextended my right knee, and um, sort of a weird feeling. It sort of jolted me forward and landed, almost did a flip kind of thing, and landed and then um, held it because obviously it was just a weird feeling. It wasn't really all that all that painful, but um, sort of got up and, and went to walk and sort of put a bit of pressure on it and then um, Chicken told me to get the F off because the game's still going. <laughs> so I was like, all right, no worries. Yeah, roast chook. Sort of walked off and, or kind of walked off, so that slash awkwardly jogged. Um, and then, yeah, got off, got off to the bench and um, physio and the doc came and sort of did some tests preliminary tests on it just to see if you know the ACL was intact and all that sort of stuff and that all felt pretty good um, so then I said sort of asked you know, could I go back on um, and he said oh probably not but um, it's like I can give you some tests and see if you're right and went and did the test and was no good it was sort of really proppy and 
didn't want to change direction, so um, put a line through me. It was, and then sort of just sat on the bench for the fourth quarter. Um, it was cold that day too, cold and wet, and um, sort of just sitting there, freezing my nuts off, and um, and then sort of, yeah, we lost that day I think. So that was a fun meeting after, and sort of went home and iced it and compressioned it and did all the things that the physio told me to do. Um, and then sort of got to the Monday and I felt pretty good. I was walking on it reasonably comfortable. Comfortable. thought I was probably tops a week, two weeks. Um, if that, got the scan, <clears throat> got the scan on the, yeah, the Monday mid-morning and the physio um, didn't have the scans until the, Around about five o'clock, I think, or a bit after five. Um, that Monday night, so I was at training, sort of walking around, just chatting um, to the guys, sort of saying, yeah, I think I'll be right, all this sort of stuff. And then, and the physio said he'd let me know what the scan said. Um, and so when he rocked up at the club, I thought, well, this isn't good. <laughs> Again, he had a, had a really um, sort of dejected look on his face, I guess, and he just... He said, can I just talk to you for a second? I think, oh, fuck, we're out. Here we go. So, followed him into the gym. Um, he got the scans up and he said, and I sort of said to him, oh, obviously not good news, Scotty. And he um, showed me the scans and I'd done my LCL. Um, had two sort of hairline, well, not hairline, I don't even know, two fractures in my tibia and uh, what's the big one, femur. Um, so I had four fractures in total, um, LCL, and some other sort of little ligaments and stuff that were damaged as well. Um, so yeah, that was a bit shattering. And then he gave me crutches, even though I'd be walking around for the weekend without them. He said, you're probably gonna need these. So he gave me some crutches and yeah, went into a meeting and started rehabbing. That was that sort of thing. So got back for grand final week and trained that week fully and thought it was a chance, but no, it didn't pick me. <laughs> I was about to ask that. You were optimistic of getting back for finals, but then obviously didn't, didn't quite happen, just missed out. Yeah, I think looking back, I was probably never a chance, but um, I wasn't going to sort of... Um, Make or let myself miss out on another sort of a back-to-back grand final appearance. So um, did everything I could. I don't think I could have done it, recovered any quicker or rehabbed any quicker. Um, physio was pretty happy with it. So, but yeah, um, got back grand final week and I was up and about and um, kind of knew that I wasn't going to get picked because I spent ten weeks on the sidelines and can't really throw someone into a grand final against a side that hasn't been beaten. Just coming off injury, so um, yeah, did everything I could, but didn't quite get there. And doesn't really, uh, I guess it does bother me a bit, but not, not majorly. So. What What did you find harder to watch from the sideline, the prelim final that you guys won, or the grand final where they where you got smashed? <laughs> um. Probably the prelim, because um, obviously we had a few battles with Aspley that year, and I think they beat us two times, two times maybe. I don't know. They'd beaten us anyway, but 
Um, yeah, probably the prelim, because um, we sort of that was the game that we thought this we can win this. We've got this in the bag, not in the bag, but um, I don't know. Just just the prelim was a bit more nerve wracking. Um, it sort of got to the because I guess the grand final was they're undefeated. The pressure's all on them. Um, we don't really. Like there's no not much expectation on us to to win, I guess, because Brisbane was so good, um, and we started really well. Um, yeah, probably the prelim, just just because that's we never easy to beat. So, and then obviously we get to this year, you're seventeen games away from your fifty NFL games. <laughs> yep. What? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> <Shance> fun. <laughs> Uh, and then COVID nineteen comes along, so that's kind of ruin that. Yeah, we're thirty three. You've played thirty three games. Seems fitting though. Cam Moody, as you said, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I don't think anyone could see this. What's happening in the world come? But um, footy's pretty resilient. We bounce back in some way, shape, or form. So um, I'll hopefully get another ten games out next year. <laughs> I only played 10 a year so um, yeah no, nah, we'll see how we go mate um, just gotta wait and see I guess now um, we love our impressions <laughs> we we both we, we do a lot of impressions and uh, there's one particular one you're you're very very good at after <laughs> we watched the test on Amazon Prime your impression of Australian cricket coach Justin Langer now I've had you prepared for this, so oh, I forgot <laughs> about it. I'm hoping you're ready. <coughs> mind uh, giving us a little taste? What do you What do you want from me? Just ah, uh, just talk about talk about Steve Smith in the nets, I reckon. Um, um, oh man, I knew I was prepared for this, but this is this is insane. Okay, ah. Uh, Oh mate, um, smudging the nets, mate, was was absolutely fantastic. Um, and he's coming back into our side, mate. Um, I I couldn't be happier. Um, have you seen A Star Is Born, mate? Because that's a fantastic movie. Um, <laughs> but what you got to remember, boys, is when we get out on the field, there's there's a difference between abuse and banter, and um, and yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Any good? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Kind of thought I was talking to Justin Langer for a second. I'll have to get him on. Yeah, yeah. he's a big fan of Charlie. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anyone else you can you can do off the top of your head? You think? No. No, that's it. Just the one impression. Yeah, just the one, mate. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't think so. We'll keep that a running theme on this podcast. I reckon yeah. having people do impressions. Now, I'm um, you do a good uh, Damien Barrett, mate. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Um, <coughs> I guess we could do a little interview as Damien Barrett and Justin Langer, <laughs> couldn't we? Uh, I guess we could, mate. I don't know. It's up to you. It's your podcast, mate. Yeah, you'll run the show, so. All right, I'll try and... You've already done your yeah, well, right, everything right, right, you right. can say, so we'll skip that. Move on. Now, mate, just before we finish, just got some quick rapid-fire questions for you. Yeah. Uh, we'll start off, very common one, Palmy or Palmer? Palmy. Is that, all, is that all you want from me? Just one No, that's, that's all I need. Sauce, fridge or pantry? Uh, f- fridge. 
Chocolate, fridge or pantry? Pantry. Favourite movie? Favourite movie. Uh, fantastic movie. <laughs> um, Favourite movie? God. Jeez, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, notebook. <laughs> uh, funniest teammate? Oh, there's a few of them. Little reptiles too, though. Um, Ryan Davis is up there. Actually, he's, yeah, he's pretty far up there. Um, <laughs> Matt Shaw is funny. Brad Shee is funny. Uh, what else have I got? Lee Osborne. Funny man. Um... Probably the only ones I can think of off the top of my head, but... And uh, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Uh, I don't know. I'm a pepperoni man. <laughs> um, I don't mind it. Oh, yeah, I'm happy with it. I don't really care. <clears throat> Fair enough. If it's out, right, it man. Jeez. Fair enough. Well, that's that's all we have time for. Um, thanks for thanks for coming on the first episode, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> no worries, man. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, tune in next week for Fraser Turner from the Richmond Football Club. Thank Ooh. you. Ooh. <laughs>